I am so excited about this episode. I uh, could not wait to talk to Vita and Ellen because these brave ladies had one career and then had kids and then decided to go back to school and start a second career when they were in their early 50s, late 40s, midlife, let's say. What a brave thing to do. And I could not wait to talk to them about it because I'm just, I, I just thought it was so brave and so cool. And I'm, we ended up talking about things other than career, which was also great. But I hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I learned a lot in this conversation. I hope you do too. Thanks for coming back every week. Thanks for sharing my podcast. Thanks for liking it. And, um, and I hope you enjoy this episode with Vita and Ellen. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. Um, so I wanted you guys to come on because you made a career choice after having kids, after having a different career, mm-hmm. right? And went back to school. Coincidentally, you made the same career choice. Is that right? And came from the same career choices. Wait, yeah. what was your career? What were <laughs> we you? We were both art directors. Creative. Yeah. Yeah. In the creative you, world. You're kidding. Mm-mm. I didn't know that. Yeah. And that- <laughs> So, I mean, different facets of it. Talk about parallel. Yeah. Oh, my God. All yeah. right. So we on? Are we doing this? Yeah. It's oh. already started a long time ago. <laughs> See how you don't even know what's happening. Good. Good. I That's the whole point is that you don't know what's happening. We're just having a conversation. There's just right. a banana in front it. of you. There's okay, just a, good. a big black yeah. banana. So should we go? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Whatever. So you were both in art, art directors? What is that? Okay. You, but different. Yeah. Different facets different. of the job. So I was in entertainment. I was primarily an art director for TV shows. And what does that mean? Which I love, love, loved. Um, everything that you see on film, except the actor, an art director has something involved with. So the Prim- set? Primarily it's designing and building sets and scenery. Oh, okay. You know, so I drafted, I did the blueprints for oh, wow. the sets and scenery. It was huge, yeah. Like, talk about u- utilizing everything you've ever learned. Right. You know, and math. Like, Mariah's good at math. I'm good at math. And I always, and then, but now she's getting annoyed with it. You know, she's like, I'm never going to use this. I'm never going to use this. I'm like, I used every bit of math I ever learned. And then some. Yeah. Trying to figure out stuff. I'm always calculating, blah, blah, blah. Um, So designing sets and scenery and as well as coordinating, coordinating everything. You're coordinating with the props department, with the set decoration department, um, special effects, you know, snow, cars, you name it. Wow. It was a blast. How long did you do that? A blast. Um, started about mid-20s. 
I mean, I did it for a good 12, 15 years. That's I mean, a career. It was my primary career. Yeah. Primary mm. career. I was an art major. I was a fine arts major. Okay. So art was everything. I loved it. Right. Although, and oddly enough, I started out as a biology major. Did you really? Because I love science, too. So you have kind of a both brain thing going I on. I do. I'm like yeah. right in the middle. I have the creative. And I, I'm going to suggest to do these um, Holland career tests. Yeah. Because I just did one recently just to check. You know, you can do free ones online. But Wait, what is that? Strongly suggest anyone that's looking for a second career like mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. or their first career. Mm-hmm. I think kids, you know, high schoolers should do it. Um, Holland, um, just like Holland. Um, mm-hmm career test you can find online okay. uh, for free but i suggest doing the ones that you have to pay for they're a little more in depth mm-hmm. but it basically gives you the propensity your propensity what you're good for mm-hmm. i score 100 percent in creativity and then it's like um uh creativity thinking analytical science mm-hmm. so there's those two things mm-hmm. you know and then um also helping people and stuff and right. being um uh, so that's why I'm in the helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> career now. So um, you were fine arts major. Did you, were, was it? I mean, forgive my ignorance. Was it visual arts like visual painting? Arts. Or, okay, yes, yeah. painting and drawing, sculpture. Okay. I went to Cal State Long Beach. Okay, um, and they were known for a fabulous art department from the '60s. Really? Yes, extensive. Like you can take art history in absolutely anything, and you know, that's great. Uh, uh, ancient Chinese pottery. You know? Wow. Yeah, it's fa- you. You have to take the main um, art history, which is uh, Renaissance, mm-hmm. West. Uh, I took that one. art world. Yeah, good. <laughs> everybody needs to know that. Yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> I think so. I think everybody does need to know that. Right, mm-hmm. the Sistine Chapel and Michael, right, Angelangelo, yeah, all that stuff. Um, and you love that. So then, why did you that. stop uh, being an art director? Okay, so that's the that's what we're talking about today. Um, <clears throat> well, I had a baby. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I art directed right up until um, we started getting doing infertility. So I saw oh. your podcast on infertility. Oh. I didn't oh, know I you did infertility. Like, ah. you, you did fertility treatments. Yeah, I did that yeah. infertility Who gets podcast. Pregnant mm-hmm. naturally anymore. Nobody gets pregnant naturally. Hi, I got pregnant on the pill. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's right. I got pregnant beyond unnaturally, uh, su- right. supernaturally. <laughs> right. I know. Oh my God. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It was. Yeah. Surprise. On the pill. That's unbelievable. On the pill. Been on my pill. On the pill since I was sixteen. I was 32 oh, when I got pregnant. Oh, wow. so I don't know. I guess my hormones were like, move aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. time. Right. It was it's meant time. to be. Right, good. good but good. you got pregnant. Okay. okay. So pause. Yeah. So baby, baby, right. and then you paused, and then a right? pause, big and then pause. You, well, big. actually, little pause. I um, at a year, I thought, oh, I'll go back to work after a year, uh-huh. and in a year, I was still nursing. Yeah, and Michael was working full time. And what else? Oh, I got a call for a job to work on Alias. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I love that show. It's five seasons in. It's not going to be that hard. I'll take it. You know, and I took the job. I was going to start on Monday. Michael came home early that day. And he's like, hello, we don't have a nanny. Oh. We don't have, you're still nursing. Like, who's going to take care of this child? And like, oh, it won't be that hard. You know, it's like, no, fifth season is going to be even harder. You know, there's going to be more explosions. There's going to be more ratings, oh. you know, that they need. And so art direction for television is a minimum 10-hour day, 7 to 7. I never work less than 7 to 7. Right. Sometimes more. Like when Michael's on a job, I don't see him. You know, it's it's sometimes leaving at 5 a.m. doesn't get home till 10 p.m. Right. And so if we both do that, 
you know, and then two creative people. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to say similar stuff. Mm -hmm. So your Uh, husband is an art director also? Correct. Okay. Yes. Like we had dual libraries. Like back in the day when you had catalogs and library, molding catalogs, everything. We had dual, we still have like books for days in the office. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) I know. How crazy that you married someone in your same field. Right. Almost the exact. Did you meet him that way? We did. We crossed paths. Um at a uh, set production uh, yeah god scenario oh my god going way back <laughs> <laughs> i was okay so i was a carpenter on the 105 freeway <laughs> a union carpenter after what are you going to do with a fine arts major i right, don't know right, i thought i'd build right. stuff <laughs> i did it the really hard way um and then i thought well i'll build sets and scenery right uh, that would be fun more creative right so i actually got a job in an office at a set production company over here in north hollywood mm-hmm and um you know i'm billing this stuff going okay um ten thousand dollars for a giant ice cream cone that's kind of cool right oh my god so there's money in creative stuff i mean literally that's what went ding 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 right (laughs) right Um, because the 101 freeway carpentry wasn't paying a lot i'm assuming (laughs) eight dollars and 72 cents an hour (laughs) wow that's kind of a lot hard work right yeah that is hard work right um but uh, where am I going with this? Um, you met Michael while you were both. Yeah, so we crossed paths there. And I knew of him. He was in kind of my circle of people, Got too. It. So back then. Yeah, and then we met years later at a friend's party. And I'm like, oh, okay. It took off from there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Ellen, you did, how, were, how was your job different than Vita's as art director? I'm different kind of art director. So I was out of New York. I went to school in New York. I went to the Fashion Institute um, and worked in advertising and then hated it and moved over to design, worked in design firms and then had my own company. The biggest it was I had like 10 employees and we had we had some good clients. We had the World Bank and uh, Columbia University, New School University. So I kind of took it, you know, as far as I could. And then we we got uh, I, we had our first daughter in New York, and you know it was the same conversation. I was like, "Let's just bring her in the office." What are you talking? I bring the dog in the office. Yeah, right. Every day, I right? Just, you just go in the same. backpack, like. And, and my husband was like, "What are you talking about?" Like, and he was on world tour at the time. Like the fact oh, that I so no way what world God. tour? What does he do? So he's a musician. Uh-huh. His his main band now is Tears for Fears, but he was out with. When I got pregnant with both daughters, he was out with Enrique Iglesias. So it was kind of okay. the same thing. Luckily, we didn't have any fertility issues because it was, you know, one and Toronto done. Toronto and uh, right, right, one and done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh my gosh, I hope they never hear this. <laughs> 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 they surely they know how babies are made, yeah, so exactly. they must put two and two together. Exactly. Right? Mom and dad at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and it just seemed like. Yeah, I mean, if we can keep a dog alive, we can, you know, Surely. it's easy. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, that conversation happened and he was still on tour and he was in and out. And and so I had to kind of make that decision. And I was kind of ready. It was post 9-11. Mm-hmm. So it was a very tricky time mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, what am I doing with this company? Where am I going with it? Things had kind of slowed down in New York. So it was difficult. And I was really the only salesperson. Mm. So, and I kind of lost my steam because now I was pregnant. And and I had actually started going back to school. I was at, um, at Columbia at Teachers College taking my art education. So I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. 
And a friend of mine said, you're going to get a $100,000 degree to get a $13,000 a year job. And I was like, oh. I didn't really actually thought, think about that. Excellent <laughs> math. Excellent <laughs> math. Okay. So was that your master's? You were working on a master's I was working on education? a master's. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to. I did the to. exact same thing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> to be an so art teacher? <laughs> I went to Northridge. Yes. To get, I got into the Northridge um, master's program for art education. Mm-hmm. I took two classes. And they happened to be all writing classes. Oh, my God. They were the hardest writing classes I ever took. Oh, that's so. Mine and was development. Like, oh. So I loved it oh nice oh my gosh I loved I loved teachers college so much I loved it was like adolescent development which is interesting that you know this is and I just loved it and then we moved we ended up moving out here and there wasn't anything I I looked at the CSUN degree Mm -hmm. I looked at um art center which was like similar you know Mm -hmm. they had a similar degree but Mm -hmm. I just couldn't find anything because it was the two things combined. It was like a right. fine art, like you had studio time, and then it was also the education portion of it. Yes, and I wanted more studio time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like finally in my life, I'm going to paint. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I wrote. Yeah, <laughs> I went to art school to become a good writer. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it was well, a lot of writing. Art. Writing, yes, is absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Which art. is your <laughs> art? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's crazy that you both went <laughs> back know. to get your masters as an art educator, mm-hmm. and then you both ended up. What what is your is degree wild. now? Or I know Vita, you're still working on your intern hours. Is that right? Uh, intern hours, correct. Okay. But we, I finished my degree a few years ago. It was a master's of psychology with emphasis in marriage and family therapy. Okay. Yeah. And what was yours? Master's in psychology um, and my emphasis in school psychology. And then we have to simultaneously um, complete our credential. So okay. I have both. Which credential do you have? I have um, I have my. It's psychology. It's, yeah, it's a psych, It's a psychology. It's a psych. it's a credential in school psychology. School psychology. Yeah. Got it. So right, we don't right, do right. like a K through twelve because we can do we can we can service kids from pre K all the way to twelve. Actually okay. beyond because mm-hmm. some of our special ed kids are there until they're twenty two. Sure. Right. 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 And yeah. I was looking at the. Uh, school psychology, the the PPS. Yes, I started that. I didn't finish that because yeah. too too many more classes. Yeah, and I had interviewed other. You know, I knew I wanted to be that. I wanted to get into therapy at mm-hmm. some. You know, psychology psychiatrist. I was like, there's no way. I don't have enough time right. in my life. That's a doctorate. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's right. a, that's a doctorate yeah. degree, right? That's mm-hmm. med- medical school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up interviewing people and. Every person that I interviewed that was, you know, an MFT or, um, you know, in that field in some way, they said, if I had it to do over again, I would have gone for my school psychology. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I went back and I looked at my notes and I was like, here, here, How here. about good that? Good for you, Interesting. Girl. Oh my God. Good for you. How about that? Yeah. That's pretty cool that but, you kept looking back in your yeah, notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. So what happened? Either one of you can answer this too. What happened that, that made you want to go back to school? Did anything happen? Did you just say, you know, it's time um, where the kids were old enough and now I need to move on. I'm feeling terrible about myself. I need to bolster myself. What, what, what anything happened? Anything? Of I had an event. Note? I mean, and, and, um, you had an event. I mean, it, sort of an event. Like My a party? daughter, when she was, um, she was in third grade, started having really, bad behaviors um and you know my husband was he was working on a show and so he was in and out of town a lot and they would escalate when he was out of town um and she just i had one summer where i literally couldn't get her out of bed and she was in third grade 
Oh my goodness. Like I couldn't get her out of bed, you know, and she was just, it was just a terrible time. I couldn't figure it out. So we ended up taking her to see somebody. They, she was not making any progress after like six months of it. So we ended up doing all this research and I ended up being kind of her advocate trying to get, you know, her involved with this, you know, uh, the therapist going on to get her, get an assessment done. She was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we ended up getting her help. But in the context of that, I had done so much research. Mm. And, you know, my eyes had been, not that my eyes were, you know, I have a, there's a lot of mental illness in my family that I had kind of closed my mind to. And, Mm put that on the shelf Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it was you know right here and there was my daughter who was truly suffering and so she got the diagnosis and you know we started her on a treatment path and but I wasn't satisfied with the interventions Mm -hmm. you know with the way that I you know and I was reading everything and I was like but what can we do Mm -hmm. but what can we do but what can we do and and so as I started researching this I said I I want to know more. And if that means going back to school and getting a degree, I want to know more about what I can do to help her or to help other kids. And that's kind of, and so that's where I started researching what facet of this field do I want to go into? Because I had no, I literally felt like I had no choice. Right. This is where I'm, this is where I'm going. This is where my brain is driven. You know, the idea of going back and designing you know, some shampoo packaging was right. making, I was like, <laughs> who cares? Like literally right, who right. cares? Yeah. You'd moved to a different phase of mm-hmm. life yeah, and had a different focus. Mm-hmm. Sounds like, um, that's really, uh, amazing. I think that's amazing that, that you, I, my youngest daughter is dyslexic and I did something similar to, I have no interest in being an educator or a tutor, but I really kept going, what where's the intervention and how can I read more and how can Mm -hmm. I find out more and how can I just get more information I have to help her yeah and the the quest and the need to help I I completely understand what you're talking about if she had had anxiety or depression or or something like schizophrenia even I don't know if it even shows up I don't know enough about psychology at that age but something like that I would imagine I would have done something similar I don't know if I would have then and then I can also get a degree in this I would just (laughs) be absorbing the information without being you know maybe not smart enough but not like wise enough to go hey wait a minute I could maybe make this bigger than just my daughter Mm -hmm. so it's a really giving thing to do is to say how can I uh, help other people. I yeah. I don't know if it was so giving. You know, it was a, it was almost it was a selfish act too because mm. my brain was awakened oh. and I felt like I was bored. I was completely bored with you know I could do what I did in my sleep. You know, and yeah. I continue to take clients and I you know I I narrowed my focus to a really just boring branding Mm. could do the same thing over and over again made some money on the side you know watched real housewives of whatever city (laughs) and i was like where is my brain you know like all of a sudden my brain was awakened so i just i just had a thirst for wanting to know more you know and i don't know if it was i mean of course you become compassionate about every single person you see on the street then Sure. You know, how and, could you not? Yeah. And you what happened? Not be an empathetic person to be able to go into this line of work. I yeah. think it, we, we joke about that, you know, at school, you know, we're surrounded by a bunch of empaths, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
so good and, and I, I enjoy that too like I find that like my whole life and brain has switched and then yeah. also moving from you know a design it's not you the people are not as empathic mm-hmm. so how do you, you feel know? like your life and brain has switched how do you feel what's different uh I mean field wise it 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 is a very kind of self-involved field if you're in design. Mm-hmm. I, maybe art direction might be a little different, but um, in the capacity that you did. Mm-hmm. But in branding, it was just kind of, it, it felt very one-dimensional. And, um, you know, so so to move into the field of education, you mm-hmm. know, because really I'm that's what I mostly work in. Um, it's been fascinating and scary. And, you know, you can't, you feel like you can't know enough. You know, you can't read enough. You can't like, will I ever have enough knowledge to feel like I know what to do or I know what to do in this capacity? Right. So, and it's constantly, every single child that you work with has completely different needs. Every, you know, and I work mostly in special education. So these are all brand new, you know, I'm working with a kid right now that we're pretty sure he he's won't take his medication mm-hmm. and that's how we'll find out but we're pretty sure he's schizophrenic he has childhood schizophrenia oh, baby. and it's yes. he is 14 now oh, bless his little sweetheart yeah because that is a late teen onset supposed to be but but uh, 14 and very severe oh yeah oh, oh that's yeah. heartbreaking bless his heart so we're trying to get him help and then how do you get him help yeah and what do these look like and you know right. so you know that and then kids with down syndrome and and how do how do i you know work with them and how to you know so it's what an array yeah mm-hmm. it really is mm-hmm. that's a huge spectrum huge. so yeah. to speak of yeah. of knowledge you'd have to have yeah it, and, and mm-hmm. i wonder i would imagine it would rely a lot on the instinct because mm. you can't possibly know everything about everything but right it, it would have to i mean i'm just speculating from an outsider would have to boil down to like these few key things that you kind of go i feel this let's well, look into that so much there's so much evidence-based treatment out there mm-hmm. now which i love i pour over the books um, the adult treatment planner, the adolescent treatment planner, um, which incorporates a lot of CBT and then a lot of uh, psychotherapy. Um, so there is real, tra- I am a very treatment oriented type of person in my work mm-hmm. and I try to gear those goals mm-hmm. and treatments and interventions for each kid. You know, you can't drill it into them. It's this, it's this I call it weaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much weaving, you know, you do because um, when especially working with all the kids and adolescents, um, there's a lot of you. You have to gain their trust. Mm. You know, you have to um, make it fun and interesting. Right. Um, keep them interested and and and, and motivated, engaged. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's a lot of engagement. So, um, and it's I, all it's all data driven. But I mean, I think from the very beginning, it was very. The whole, because I have to do both. I am doing mostly, I do a lot of assessments, a lot of IP meetings, and then counseling also. But the counseling part of it was very easy. And I think that's just from being a mom. Right. The mom stuff really helps. The mom <laughs> stuff. So we've got all this data driven, you know, yeah. and I'm doing all, you know, with this child that I was talking about, mm-hmm. I, you know, he can't really deal with anything. Sometimes we meditate. There's not really too much that I can do with him I'm trying to get him into an MPS and you know 
but he comes to me every day. He just needs a soft place to land. Mm. And I have a granola bar for him every day. Bless his little heart. And so, I mean, it's like, I'm not using anything that's data driven. <laughs> there is nothing that I'm yeah, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. that any individual can't do, but he right. just needs, you know, so there's that yeah. mom aspect of it where mm-hmm. you feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know this. Yeah. Right. I know this. I know this kid. Right. You know, I, you know, so it's, you you know, and you're such a warm person. I would imagine oh, thank that's you. so, you know, <laughs> you know, that's the, you know, that's the thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. kids, that's how you engage them. Right. right. A safe, warm, inviting space. Right. You know, they feel like they can open up to, and that you're going to be there. You're dependable. You're mm-hmm. there every week, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, what, what made you want to go back to school, Vita? Well... Um, I was actually doing some decorating uh, with a dear friend, love, 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 Um, and it was good, and I was able to juggle the mom stuff, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking, well, long-term. I need something long-term that's a career that I can help support the family. Right. You know, um, art direction's great, but it's still below the line, doesn't make, like, the big money or, you know, makes a living. Right. Which, thank goodness, we have. Um, uh, but I wanted a career, and I always loved, uh, I had positive experiences in therapy throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some struggles, teenage stuff, um, uh, young adult stuff, some depression. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, 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 early on. Yeah. Um, and I had positive experiences with therapy, so I loved it, and I was always open-minded to it. You know, I'm Southern California, I'm progressive mm-hmm. thinker, right. I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be progressive to be from California, but... But most people are that live yeah, here, especially yeah. in the arts and Hollywood. Pretty and much, where yeah, you were yeah, and yourself. with dabbled in with the scientific stuff too. So, right. um, so I thought it'd be a good fit. Um, and I was researching schools and stuff, and I thought, oh, here's a two-year program that's kind of geared for working people and you know second career stuff although it was a lot of young people mm-hmm. i think i was mostly the oldest person in the class <laughs> i'm like that everywhere now <laughs> i'm like at barry's boot camp i'm the oldest person here well <laughs> you're I, I don't want you to say you don't have to say your age i'm for i'll be 49 in august and i know we're Yay, close we're in age 50. we're all Woo-hoo. close in age but yeah. <laughs> so just for people who listen do you have a perspective you guys I'm aren't 50, 35 I'm 54 <laughs> you know i got no ages you're and, 54 you know. <laughs> oh thanks oh great <laughs> Because you had told me that when we went camping for Girl Scouts. Yeah. But you're 54? 54. She's only reacting I'm like that because you look so fabulous. You do, you. but I thought Today you were like 50. To, mm-hmm. I thought you were just I'm just like, I hope I the hair was 35. I, well, she looks 35, but oh, I knew she was older than me because she had told me that don't before. Don't get too close. So. And if I'm 49, <laughs> yeah. it's the neck, right? Yeah. yeah. The chicken neck. Yeah, yeah. My mother used to talk about it. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, can't CBD do something for that? Right. Come on. It's right. for everything else, oh, but not the chicken that's neck. Right. That's right. Or the hormone fluxes that come mm-hmm. with this age. Mm-hmm. Bert yeah. actually went to the CBD place uh, down the street and was like, so my husband's like, my wife's like perimenopausal. You got anything for that? And she <laughs> <Yeah>. went, no. <laughs> I have something for some of the symptoms, but I can't cure that. That's oh, just yeah. hormonal. <laughs> You're just going to have to do it. <laughs> well, I would think they'd have something by, for that. I, I think they have stuff for like to help CBD. you sleep. If you're not sleeping oh, yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, yeah. that's not perimenopausal no, specific. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Progesterone and estrogen are pretty good for that. I think so. that's what we're lacking, which is why we're getting the chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, so it's you had right. positive experiences and then yes. you were like, well, maybe that would be something I would. Yeah. And I was looking sure. for a, a long term career that I can do into my old age. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And and that I can work around Mariah. So, you know, private practice was something I was looking at. And, you know, I love I love studying. I love psychology i love the sciences and stuff so it was a good melding for me right um yeah uh, but it was scary I'm, I'm like what the heck you know the first semester what the heck am i doing mm-hmm. and i'm like can i do this do i want to make this commitment it's a huge commitment mm-hmm. two years of studying and nose to the grind mm-hmm. i mean looking back i mean you know there's only so many hours in a day for a mom yeah stuff had to go and it was pretty much cooking and cleaning Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, thank God for frozen food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank God for Trader Joe's. Trader oh, Joe's. Yeah. And then occasionally Gelson's, the hot food bar. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that that is a question that I had was how did you do that? How what shifted in your house? I think we talked briefly when we first started talking about this, about how the kids had to take over things that you used to do. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. Any any what what happened there when you are all of a sudden two years in this program or however long? And my, mine's three. Yours was three. It's three and it's, it is full time. You can, yeah. they say you can work, and that was a big undertaking. You can work a little bit your first semester. Oh God, just your first semester. Just your first semester because we have to complete our like 1,700 hours of internship hours unpaid. Wait, during 1,700? 1,700. While you're going to school. While you're going While to school. While you're doing your master's. So it's, it's a difficult, it was, how do people afford for to do me. this? I didn't have 1,700, you had 1,700. 1,700, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a sacrifice. Huge. It's a, I was, you know, I was lucky to have a working spouse and somehow, yeah. but you know, whose income goes like this because right. he's in the entertainment industry and he, at first, was not on board. Oh, yeah. Because it was a very scary undertaking. You know, it was like, and I said, I mapped it all out. I said, this is what, this is what I will make that, you know, and I, and I felt like I couldn't really go into an MFT because there is a fluctuation there. Right. It's a little more risky. It's a little more risky. Why? Yours is more solid. Yeah. Why is it more risky? Um, Because. What's an MFT? uh, So marriage and family therapist, which is. Oh, okay. It, it, therapy basic Got therapy it. it's just what california that's what you kind of calls are, it that's what Correct. you are going for okay yes. and you have the school, school psychology. psychology okay yeah. but it. you still got your hours for marriage and family therapy right so you know you can no longer do it you can no longer oh. do them simultaneously oh you used to be able to oh. so if i wanted that's to go for mft i would have to go back and oh, then no. do the three thousand hours that won't happen <laughs> wowza <laughs> but i can do private i can get what's called an an LEP license. Okay. So um, that's a matter of, I think I just have to take, I think there's a, just a very difficult test that I have to, Mm -hmm. so I'll, and mm-hmm. what what does okay. that what does that do for you? So that means you're a licensed educational uh, psychologist, and so you okay. can you can have a private practice. I see. Mm-hmm. So so if I, my child has dyslexia and I don't know what's going on, I could take her to you, and I would an do the independent. outside okay, assessment. Got it. And yeah, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. They make a lot. You make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Nice. They yeah. make a lot, and that'll probably be down the line. I do right. like working within the school district. Right. You know, I was working on my own for so long. You know, doing I was. 
kind of freelancing on my own and that was the last thing that I wanted was to continue along that path I wanted to work with people communities yeah sort of mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. it was hard your husband had a, was not on board in the beginning you said no was just you know and just just kind of scared okay. you know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen this is a big change right. and then and then once he was on board he is a fa- I mean he's so supportive that's great you know once he was on board it was a thousand percent and and you know this is a very difficult year i'm at a really difficult school and they say the first the first year of being a school psych is the it's more difficult than any of your schooling and it is it is it is crazy town (laughs) why why is it more difficult because you are completely on your own you're expected to know all the laws you're expected to know i met a very very difficult school up in Silmar so it's a very high need school Mm. you know all supports have been taken out oh really you know so your last year you're doing just full internship and you know oh I see what you mean yeah so I have a mentor and I have a supervisor um but you're you are on your own so it's a steep learning curve sort of yes like trial by fire sort of it is trial by fire and you are I mean every day I feel like my brain is is like hitting my skull you know it's expanding and and you know and it's great yeah but it's very fast paced and and all my you know I had I was really really lucky to have two great supervisors my my um internship year and they were like oh yeah it's a shit show just just hold on and make it you gotta just make it to the end right you know and that's just you know so he's been super and he's been super supportive my one of my daughters um she who has ADHD um she we started ordering blue apron Ooh. and so when she was 11 she started twice a, twice a week she would cook a family cook the family meal amazing yeah wow. so that was her thing and she and it really kind of helped her because the directions were all right there right yeah oh, that's so, cute. <laughs> so she was really really helpful and then <laughs> Isabel because you know I don't know how it was for you when we, we you first started my brain just from being a mom it like I had attention deficit disorder. I could not focus on the, the reading. I It was just con- like, what am I supposed to do? This is how you are as a mom. Like yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Not, I have to sit down for the next five hours and write this paper. I have to sit down for the next two hours and read these, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, and so mm-hmm. is, is my older daughter who is incredibly studious set me up with, with Quizlet and she would sit with me in bed and go, don't mom are you looking at facebook right now <laughs> i mean it was it was like the, oh the, that first semester of learning curve was role play yeah like roles. i hadn't been in school in you know 15 yeah, years right, right. i'm actually really glad you say that you mm-hmm. said that about the distractibility yeah mm-hmm. uh, because i started feeling like i was like do i have like early onset alzheimer's or dementia <laughs> or like I, i'm constantly looking for something i'm an i was an avid reader yeah until recently i still read and intend to read a lot and mm-hmm. i can read for maybe seven minutes yep and then i don't have the focus that makes mm-hmm. me feel better because i thought is something wrong with me am i do i need to start doing sudoku puzzles and like exercise my brain mm-hmm. i can't I stay on this page I, uh, i'm glad to hear you say that thing yeah, yeah because we have to do a million things all day mm-hmm. and our co- brains are constantly scheduling everything okay what's the schedule this week and when, right. I, when do i need to get her home when do i need to pick her up when do i okay she's got this to study and that test coming up which mariah handles 
beautifully all on her own. Right. I mean, I'm supposed to be on Schoolology and be checking on her. I haven't yeah, signed in all year. <laughs> You're she lucky. Is on never. top Consider of it. Consider yourself lucky. Very, yeah. very. I got one. I got to ride like a horse, man. I got to ride that little one like a pony in a race. That one, right. she could care less. Mm-hmm. She just wants to draw. And I don't blame her. Right. I she's and really she's good. Amazing artist. She's, she's amazing. Gorgeous. And from yeah, you, that's, that's a huge compliment. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she looked but, like that was that looked like a uh, almost a college study. I mean, it was beautiful. That oh. charcoal drawing that you posted. you know that charcoal drawing was crazy. Her art tutor was like, really good. she should not be doing that. Like she should not be able to understand what shadowing is to the level that Correct. she does because mm-hmm. her brain is so spatially intelligent like wow. which like she mm-hmm. in fourth grade tested 18 years old in spatial intelligence was reading at a second grade level wow. that's, that's the way her that's brain is imbalanced that way her yeah. processing right but man schoology's my best friend <laughs> that, and my best friend i'm on that yeah. every day yeah. do you have any homework no i don't have any homework are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I'm positive. No. Why don't we take a look on Schoology? <gasps> Fine, I have math. And I'm like, that's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought. Every day. That she's a little criminal, that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if she goes to a school that doesn't have something like that, we're both screwed. Mm-hmm. Right, right. For her, she doesn't have the currency. She doesn't care mm-hmm. about her grades yeah. or school, which in in I think in one way, is awesome. It's kind of good. Yeah, yeah that she's not going to get all stressed out about it. No stress. Yeah. No negative self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Her currency is all social. Mm-hmm. She's doing fabulous mm, social. Nice, nice. So, but I keep going, I just got to get her out of high school. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't right. know that this get one's going to go to college. Get Maybe she yeah. will. Maybe not. And But I don't really care. I just mm-hmm. need to get her out of high school. Right. We're not dropping out. That's yeah. my that's mm-hmm. my thing. You got to graduate high school. She needs a degree. Yeah. And there's plenty of programs and IEPs and she's different got it. alternatives. Yeah. yeah. She's got an IEP. Great. She's had one since first Where grade. Where's right yeah. now? Uh, she's yeah. at... Oh, nice. And, okay. you know, you know, sorry. You got to edit that out. Sorry. I, I don't ever say the school because I don't want anybody <laughs> no, to know where I'm they go. Sorry. Yeah, good idea. I'm going to um, ask. Ooh. No, that's okay. It's, yeah. you know, the school she's in... Uh, you know, it. Yeah. she's very happy. Yeah. That's and she's good. making A's and B's. Yay. I'm not sure they're rigorously earned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty much like, you showed up. Yep. You got an A. Yep. And, but for her, coming okay. from our elementary school, mm-hmm. which was a really high-achieving elementary school. Right. and like Highly you, rigorous and academic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she was constantly in the ones and twos there. Yeah. So for her... Mm. I'm like, in her brain, she sees that A and goes, yes. Yeah. And you need to feel that. You need you to need build to that feel confidence. That. It's going to build her confidence. That's and right. Going mm-hmm. Like, I can do it as opposed to always being too challenged. Yes. Like, I can't do this. That's you know? right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. why I put her there in yeah. the program I put her in. I hired a consultant to tell me where to put her because I was like, I don't know what to do with this kid. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. half the people are telling me to send her to, to Westmark, which is a dyslexia mm-hmm. school. Half the people are telling me to send her this Summit View, which is uh, for ADHD and learning disability children. Mm-hmm. I've toured both schools. Neither of them are her. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't oh. see her in those schools at all okay. because she's so socially driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, yeah. I thought I need to make sure I know middle school is about your not entirely but it's less about their education and more, more about, about the their social. self-esteem mm-hmm. and their positive mm-hmm. um their positive having a positive experience i yep. think is really important in middle okay. school right and so i was looking for that mm-hmm. and right. that i have really scored 
Good. Um, and her reading is improving. She's discovered um, uh, graphic novels on an app, which I'm not crazy about her using an electronic, but she won't read an actual graphic novel, mm-hmm. but she will read it on an app. She'll That's read like okay. 40 pages yeah. a day. Oh, wow. wow. And I'm like, What's happening? And even yeah. her tutors, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, keep doing keep it. Doing and it. I just yeah. keep thinking that's the way she's going to be. She's yeah. not going to skin a cat like everybody else does. She's mm-hmm. going to skin it the way she does it. And that's mm-hmm. just what I have to be open to. That's right. And, not and build on her strengths. Build, build on, on her yeah. strengths. So we yeah. do a lot of strength-based stuff with kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Find the find what they're good at. Find what they're interested in and build from there. And then add on. Add add their social skills and communication mm-hmm. skills. So before that. I forget to ask you, what mm-hmm. happened, what shifted in your household? How was everybody Going supportive? To school? Everybody happy? Was it hard? Scary? It was hard. Uh, Michael was supportive. Uh, he's always pretty supportive. Um, I think he wants to see the money. You know, he's like, yeah. show me the money, yeah. you know, and he was worried in the beginning. I mean, well, yeah, let's, the, let's the kick the reality here. <laughs> At first, it was kind of like, I didn't really tell him I was going to go. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this program. <laughs> you didn't tell him? You just started Not going? Not so much, because he's so busy, and right. I don't want to worry him, and right. I thought, oh, I'll try it for a semester, you know. And, oh, I see. Yeah. So you just stick your toe gonna, in the water yeah, and see exactly. how it and then once you go you're like okay i I can't afford not to go or let this one you know eight thousand dollars a semester at least wait it's eight thousand dollars a semester Mm -hmm. yeah and that's cheap that's That's actually cheap cheap. that's on the yeah people came out from the east coast because this was a less expensive school Mm -hmm. and it's uh, highly regarded you know it's been Mm -hmm. around since the 70s it was the family um family therapy Mm -hmm. center yeah yeah, so from the 70s. I mean, they had big speakers back then, you know, big right. psychology speakers. Um, and, and great staff, great program, all accredited. Um, uh, and it was on the cheaper end, yeah. So it's a so that's the other thing that right. you have to consider at this age in life. Should I be putting money towards my investment for mm-hmm. retirement? Right. Or should I be going back to and school? And what does that look like? I had a whole spreadsheet. You did? You. Yeah. Like, this is what we're looking at. This is what, you know, and my husband. What do you mean? What was on your spreadsheet? How, how much How much financial investment? Yeah, financial investment, what that's going to look like on the payback, you know, how much how much a month that's going to be. Right. What um, we were currently paying for our own insurance, and it was just, you know, going up every month. And I yes. said, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for me to be with, you know, I'm with LUSD. Right. Our entire family is covered, one hundred percent. That is with health insurance. What's your caseload? Do you know? Well, or it varies. It varies. I mean, I have a, I had. Well, I had nineteen kids that I was seeing per week for per week for counseling, and then but then my assessment load. I think we just clocked it at, I'll have 70 for the year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's those big, you know, so if you went yeah. through the IP process, yeah. that's yeah. that big it's one. It's a lot. It's a lot. So then if you're doing a kiddo who's showing signs of, um, you know, emotional disturbance, autism, you know, intellectual dis- disability, you know, if you're looking at all those areas, it's a huge, you know, 30 page report. So mm-hmm. not to mention the myriad of tests you have to give them. Yes. Mm-hmm. That help you generate the 30 yes. page report that's right. insane and then 70 so oh they've actually gosh. taken away all of my counseling 
I just I've kept a couple of kids, you know, that are mine, like the granola bar boy. Yeah, you're good. Well, he's not even my kid. He just comes by for granola bars. Like I know the most about him, but he's not even assigned to me. How funny! <laughs> he just resonates with you, just, you or know, the or the granola bar. I'm checking in. He's doing yeah. checking with. And you. I'm there every day, so right. I do love. I oh, love I that. See. So I'm there every day. Yeah. So I'm literally like the home. Right. You know, and I've mm-hmm. got my kids that'll come in. Mm-hmm. They come in during lunch. I've got kids, you know, like a lot of spectrum kids who didn't have friends. So they would come in. I would have Uno out or I'd have Jenga out. And I'd continue working on my reports. And sometimes I'd play with them and some, and then I'd get them together to play. And then so there were little, you know, groups that were forming and mm-hmm. friendships that were, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard. Those big it's campuses, huge. those oh, big comprehensive campuses. I walked by and saw some of my kids on the spectrum. One, adorable um, teenager sitting by herself. And yeah. she'd always sit by herself. So I sat down with her a few yeah. times. Oh, that's so awesome. I know, when I could. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Burbank Family Services, they did start some um, uh, lunchtime programs for Good. kids. Yeah. Good. Who were either, it was open to anybody yeah. who wanted to come. Yeah. And it was great. They did, like, basically they could have lunch and they're doing um, group therapy. Yep. You know, Sneak in that little group therapy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so there's some great program. I mean, California is pretty progressive when it comes to stuff like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is in some ways. And in some ways, I find it to be oh, not at all. In the, oh, in the field of dyslexia, not at all. Okay. I talk to my friends from Georgia, mm-hmm. and they do so much more in the learning disability area than we do here. Stuff people here have never even heard of, don't even understand. Oh, absolutely. But but that's the learning disability field. That's not mental health. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming they would be very different fields. Well, that's what, but that's my field also. Oh, so we have just added as uh, part of LAUSD. We've just added dyslexia. We yes. used to say we don't test for dyslexia. Oh yes, the I have a great school psychologist at elementary school because Isla's. I had been asking since she was four because I was like, something's not. She's super smart, mm-hmm. but she does not know her alphabet. Yeah. Like that interesting sight words. Yep, forget it. Yeah. So what? What's wrong? Like she needs to repeat kindergarten. Should we not start kindergarten? I was asking when she was four. And then finally, Miss Katz in first grade went, I think she's dyslexic. Let's get her tested. And I was like, thank God. I've been to everybody. I've been to the principal. I've been to to the special ed teacher here. I've been to her teacher. I've been asking everybody. And they keep going, pfft. She's fine. It's developmental, yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's freaking not. Yeah. It's not. It's you not because you know. Good for you, and you got to fight not. for that. Yeah. So Miss Katz finally was like, let's let's do this. Yeah. Good. And Miss uh, the school psychologist at the time said, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but she's dyslexic. Mm-hmm. But I can't test her for that. Yeah. So in order for me to get her qualified, I had to do eight different tests to finally find a processing. Uh, a place processing where her processing deficit, was yeah. really slow. So she's qualifying as this, but she's actually dyslexic. But we don't have anyone trained mm. to help her with dyslexia yeah. because the district doesn't recognize it. And yeah, I was like, that crazy. is the biggest yeah. crock of bullshit yeah. I've yeah. ever heard. They that's do crazy. now. And now. There are more interventions, Finally. you mm-hmm. know, but yeah. But that's something on the East Coast is like, oh yeah, she's dyslexic and here's what we do. Boom, right. boom, boom, boom. That and it's strange. handled. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my one of my, my middle school best friend, um, Becky. Hi, Becky. Um, 
said, oh yeah, they just have a school like everyone in the county that has dyslexia goes to the school for one month, three months, six months, however long it takes to remediate that. And then they just go back to their regular school. It's no big deal. <gasps> and I was like, bring it on. Can where is that? We had that here. Just one LD here. school where yeah. you can go because with intervention, you can get up to speed. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have, and I, we mm-hmm. tried so many out of my own pocket, so many different uh, types of intervention but no one here is really trained because no, it's not recognized. Mm-hmm. And so there's no money in it. So yeah. I couldn't get it. Well, I'm not a dyslexia tutor per se, but I have this for reading. And I'm like, that's, it's really a processing problem. She's Absolutely. processing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not about reading. It's for her type of dyslexia. If she can't see what the word means, she can't read it. Mm-hmm. So you can't see what the word the means mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any sight word. Right. If. Mm-hmm. You can't visualize mm-hmm. if horse, she can read that. Mm-hmm. But if the, she would mix up the and a. And I'm like, one's a letter, lady. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a letter oh, A. Oh, and you see that and say the. Right. This is a processing problem. Something's Aww, really funny. off. I wish that California would bring that piece up because mm-hmm. I think you are right. It, it is much more progressive with mental health. Yeah. And mm-hmm. still not even progressive enough, I don't think. No, no. Well, sure. even, you and know, they don't want to pay for it. Is that, yes. that's yeah. the, I mean, that is all comes down to money. Yeah. They don't want to pay for it. And that's why there were some very frustrating elements working in the school. Absolutely. But yeah. the biggest one, I think, uh, dyslexia, but ADHD. Mm. You know, so my once we were done with the whole anxiety depression, we had to focus on my other daughter who we always knew, Mm. you know, but it's I I don't I think it's cruel to even try and diagnose ADHD in a child that's even in second grade because they could, you know, you have to see where that maturity is. Right. But then when she was in sixth grade and I was on a field trip and they were all all the kids were you know they were so lovely and they were all I think we were at the Getty and they're all looking at the same painting and she's looking behind I was like what are you looking at what are you doing don't touch the paintings what is happening (laughs) don't touch the painting okay the alarm's going off now we've got to leave I was like okay we got and you know of course you know she was kind of off the charts and you know got some interventions but for the most part with ADHD and this is where you know in an IEP meeting I will go you know there's not too much we can do, right? We're not doing the kinds of interventions that really recreate those brain paths. And that's the kind of thing, because my daughter has it, that I'm studying, I'm trying to get to know, get more knowledge in that area. We moved them to the front of the room. We give them extra time on tests. We give them an area where they can take tests where they're, you know, isolated from others. We add a prompting element to it. But you know, it's really, it's neuroplasticity. Yes. It's a matter of their brains. And it's the same thing with dyslexia. Yes, it is. It's been seen a certain way. Those right. grooves are dug. It's the right. same thing with depression. It's the Grooves same thing. Yeah. And so, you know, there needs to be more interventions that create those new pathways, mm-hmm. you know, and that is every day. Right. You know, and so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, we'll give them therapy, you know, so they'll have counseling, you know, like a group counseling every other week. <laughs> every other week? I know. <laughs> yeah. I had some odd That's like doing IEP, nothing. Right. I had some odd IEP times and yeah, or, and I 30, mean, or 30 minutes, you know, for, and that was very specific. Obviously, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Goals of just social emotional. And it's like, this kid needs way more. Way more. Way more they, this kid needs somebody to check their, their planner every single day. Right. 
you yeah. know they they just don't have I guess maybe maybe they really just don't have the funding for it I wonder too because Isla when she was younger I kept saying she needs an aid but not really right she needs someone to go they're on page 49 right because that's the one piece she missed in the eight steps the teacher just said right take out your book take out your pencils get your notebook turn to page 49 across your feet shuffle your toes let's go and she's like i i got the toes right exactly and she just needs someone to go step. Yeah. page 49 mm-hmm. and then she's okay i'm good but and hers was never adhd or add or anything ever everybody that ever tested her was like she absolutely does not have that yeah she has a processing problem where she can't process multiple steps and mm-hmm. and the dyslexia piece and it would be a conceptualization so there's the multi-step right. aspect to it right and most kids do most kids do Especially her most, middle school that's right her most <laughs> successful year there was a kid in her class that had asperger whose parents really fought and paid for a private aid for this kid mm-hmm. oh, and wow. that private aid stood between her uh assigned child mm-hmm. and isla yeah because the si- the assigned child didn't need any help academically yeah so she would just toggle back and forth she'd help isla academically and help him nice. with his asperger and then academic and asperger and it was her best year of school ever mm-hmm. and i kept going back saying that's what she needs she doesn't need somebody to sit with her she doesn't have any behavioral problems. She is she on an IEP, though? Oh, yeah. We've had an IEP since she first grade. She should be in resource. There, she, does, she is. And there's there should be an extra... Te- there's an extra teacher assigned to her, then. There's one, sort of. Sort of. And, sort of. And what, 10 other kids on an IEP? Uh, she has um, something called a learning center, which is like a study hall with an IEP mm-hmm. with a special ed teacher. Okay. And there are 10 to 12 kids in that school. Let's put it this way. One of them threatened to kill her last week. So there's a lot of BD kids in, behavioral disorder kids in, with learning disability kids, and one teacher, no aid. So when there's the teacher's like, I went to talk to her, ten to twelve, and I talked to her about it. She's lovely. She's an amazing person. She is so well intentioned. She is on top of everything she could possibly be on top of for Isla. Yeah. But she told me the fact is, if I have one kid spitting in another kid's mouth and your daughter that needs help reading, right. I'm dealing with the spit. Yes, absolutely. And that's all I can do. I don't have an aid. She's like, if I had an aid, I could focus on Isla Mm -hmm. and let her deal with the spitting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or the I'm going to kill you after school that's happening. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't have that. Yeah. So, I mean, Lucky Lou's like, he's not going to do it. I was like, he's not killing me. (laughs) (laughs) The counselor called me from school and was like, just need to let you know that there was a threat made by a student against Isla's life, but she's okay. Everything's fine. The kid's been taken to the dean's office. He's being handled. I can't discuss his issue with you Mm -hmm. because of his privacy issues, but everything is fine after school. We were like, anything happened in school today, Isla? She's like, no. (laughs) Anything at all? No. Yeah. Oh, did Miss call you? And I went, yeah, she did. She did. And she was like, oh, that guy's not going to do anything. And I thought, thank God for the way that you think. Absolutely. Because some kids would have really freaked out. And I think she went, okay, he's in the learning center with me because he has an IEP too. Yeah. Oh, smart. Smart. I think she did And she has a safe place to land here. She does. She knows, you know. She for sure has a good jockey. (laughs) And (laughs) the horse I ride to the end of the race. And that's, you know, and that's, that's super important. What, what is difficult is when when you're in a high needs school mm. and you know the kids aren't parents don't speak english mm. parents are working three jobs right. parents only had an eighth grade education themselves right you know so it's impossible it's impossible yeah. and so even with and we have 
amazing teacher. I mean, I do love that about being in education, watching people work so hard. Yeah. Even when they get frustrated, even when they're done, like they're, you know, they are giving their all. Mm -hmm. And these, you know, but it takes, it really takes like a whole community. Mm -hmm. Right. It needs to be all the way around. Parents included. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody. That's where the family therapy comes into play, working with kids. I mean, you need to bring the parents in occasionally and Mm -hmm. stuff. And that's, you know, that there wasn't enough time in the day for that, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. Well, uh, my first two years of college, I was um, going to be a high school psychologist. (laughs) Did you know that? (laughs) That was, I had the best counselor at my high school and I thought that's what I want to do. You would have been great. Um, I think it would have been great. But, yeah, you know, great. Yeah. life shuffled me a different hand. Mm-hmm. And I did not do that. And mm-hmm. I've a lot, oftentimes thought, I wonder if I want to go back and do that. You know, mm-hmm. when, same as you, but Bert's always gone. Kids, Isla needed a, needs a lot of hand-holding still with mm-hmm. academics. Um, and softball and art and play and this and that. And I don't know how I would ever go back to school the way you guys did. I don't you know would how do, it. do it. Of but course, you could do it. I could if you do can it. Juggle but, this. Yeah. But I don't know that I'm willing to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm driven to do it at this point in my life. Yeah. Maybe a couple years or so. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And I don't know. Sometimes listening to you guys talk about it, I think I've gotten lazy. <laughs> like I think I've gotten legitimately lazy. Well, that's how I was feeling about myself. I was like, wait, this is it. And then my kids are going to leave and then nobody. Ne- Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's why I started this podcast is I went, yeah, OK, I need something to do that I feel like I'm contributing to society in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I feel like I'm I'm enjoying that's creative, a creative outlet for me because I was always creative. too. Yeah, weren't you doing writing? You're yes, I was a writer. I was a screenwriter. Yes. Right. For um for years was um, it television or film or I wrote films okay i wrote nice. features i had one feature that was made and four more that were optioned but never made i'd written eight total eight screenplays Great. total. wow uh, i wrote a couple pilots um for tv and i really enjoyed it and when bert mm-hmm. and i first met i was making more money than he was in the entertainment world and um I had studios calling me. Would you read this book and see if you want to adapt Ooh, it? I had a writing partner. Mm-hmm. No, they weren't just calling me. They were calling me and her. Um, and when I got pregnant, I got pregnant, you know, unexpectedly <laughs> trying to prevent getting pregnant. I went, okay, well, then this is my path. I really mm-hmm. am one of those people that believes like you le- look back in your book and went, oh, wait, I had wrote down school psychologist here, wrote down school. Sc- mm, uh, interesting. I believe in that too, that sometimes things the path reveals itself to you Mm -hmm. so i didn't wasn't trying to get pregnant i knew i loved bert and but we weren't there yet we were on our way there but not there yet and then god just went guess what Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a baby and this is who it's gonna be with and i think i kind of needed it that way i'm Mm -hmm. uh you guys don't know me very well but my mom's just divorced her sixth husband and uh, my dad's divorced twice i'm an only child no step siblings in any well, I have sort of step siblings now. My dad's been with his current girlfriend for a long time, and she has three kids. But how old are they? They are all younger than me. Uh-huh. I think the youngest one is mid twenties, okay. and the oldest okay. one is probably mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've never lived like around them. I know them, obviously, mm-hmm. but I, don't, I haven't spent any kind of like family 
we don't vacation together or anything like that. Right, They're really right. nice people. I just, we just, they started dating when I'd been out here for 15 years or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You already had your own life. Uh, yeah. And they, they did too. And, yeah. and uh, you know, whatever. But um, I don't think I would have gotten married or had kids if that hadn't happened for me. Because mm-hmm. I just went from my own childhood, my own background, my mother has a personality disorder. <clears throat> we can talk about the semantics of that not on here, but um, I've talked about it before, but it's it's like a legit one. It's not like, oh, I had this really mean mom. No, it's not that. It's, yeah. It was some, Six marriages. something else. Six right. marriages, Six right? Marriages. And right you know there. what? Hello. It was all their fault. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Um, of course. But um, I was like, yeah, I don't think that's, that's for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be a career girl and that's going to be good. I'm going to yeah. have lots of pets and... Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. So when I got pregnant, I went, well, this, clearly this is where I need to go. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, we had to kind of choose a career because someone had to be mom. And I was like, Bert couldn't really hold a job in any other field. I can't imagine him doing anything but telling jokes. So um, so I stopped and just got like a regular day job to support him to get him up and running. And I thought, well, I can pick up writing anytime. Mm-hmm. And I haven't. And mm-hmm. I think part of it is that constant interruption of mm-hmm. busy. I yes. can't I can't momming is a full-time job yeah momming is crazy on. you know haven't mm-hmm. they done these studies on how many hours is put in I mean yeah start mm-hmm. at 6 a.m and you know in between if you want a clean house you know you do some cleaning and cooking and groceries and you name it and you're kind of done and then pick yeah. up and then from I, I just remember picking up Maria especially middle school and elementary school and it was, my life was over. There was nothing. Once you pick up those kids, it's just all out going until lights go out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. until that time. Mm-hmm. And then you pick up where you left off and whatever it is you need to do and take care of. Right. So it is a full-time job. And it is. It's and a I wonderful can't, job. It's it, an amazing job. It is. Job. And we're in a village with amazing parents. I look around yeah. and just go, oh my gosh, these, uh, you know, we live in a bubble you know great mm-hmm. parents but you do find that across the nation i don't want to say it's just here so it's i think it's just here Vita. <laughs> i think it's just us <laughs> just for real us. i know i really do think we have, live in a very special community it is there are nice. so many yeah. uh wonderful people in this community yeah. mm-hmm. especially yeah. women you know mm-hmm. from my background i didn't really have any girlfriends till i was about 30 because i thought women were pretty much insane and you know some women are some women mm-hmm. are very mm-hmm. moody yeah. and very inconsistent mm-hmm. and i would read mm-hmm. that as crazy because that was my experience right. of a woman was, was this erratic behavior then mm-hmm. i'd go well and i can't i can't i, I just trigger 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 mm-hmm. can't do that but when i moved to this neighborhood i'd had girlfriends before i moved here i was like i've gathered all these women that are all just not crazy they're mm-hmm. all regular healthy mm-hmm positive mm-hmm. supportive mm-hmm. uh cooperative mm-hmm. women that's amazing where you think well this yeah. is the best part right. of a human nature and mm-hmm. men are like that's that true. too but i'd always yeah. experienced men like that Not, i mean i was super close to my you dad a positive role model you're super positive my dad yeah, my grandfather mm-hmm. uncle cousins everybody mm-hmm. men were ship shape women right. crazy no, no can do <laughs> so <laughs> well and i think that is a tribute to I, I was born and raised here um and i see lots of people that migrate here yeah for jobs for reinvention for healing uh for all these reasons mm-hmm. and they become these really strong powerful people mm-hmm. you know with mm-hmm. the amazing second lives or um first lives so 
It's it's crazy how, you know, I grew up in my hometown's 1,800 people, really small, rural Georgia, and not a lot of people leave mm-hmm. because uh, I think you don't have, if you don't have an experience outside your small bubble, mm-hmm. the you don't tend to want more than outside mm-hmm. that small bubble much uh, because that provides you with everything you need, perhaps. But sometimes I wonder... Um, how much stronger you know some of the people back home that make poor choices over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because they haven't pushed out of that bubble Mm -hmm. right ever and that pushing out of the bubble grows so many muscles that that don't even exist Mm -hmm. when you stay in that bubble you know that you go god you really aren't living a full life not i'm not implying that anybody who's happily where they are is not living a full life but people who are not happy and are too scared to do what you did Mm -hmm. which was to say i think i'm going to go back to school and i'm going to start a brand new career in the middle of my life Mm -hmm. and to be happy you both seem pretty happy (laughs) that was just crazy i don't know Well, crazy does come along yeah, as you yeah, get older. Exactly. Yeah, a little crazy. You let like your crazy hang out a little more. <laughs> but um, but no, it's really brave. Well, I think that you're naturally curious. That's I what am. You said. And this, you know, and this podcast is very psychological. It's very therapeutic. You know, mm-hmm. so you actually right, found right, right. your oh, way gosh, of, right. you know, quenching that thirst. You I know, think you're in right. your own way. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be necessarily being a psychologist, being a counselor, mm-hmm. being a, you know, we counsel in our own way in all different aspects of our lives. Right. You know, for, you know, and for me, I was just curious. I just wanted the knowledge. And right. it's like, I really found out that I've been anxious my whole life. Really? You know, I went to my husband after about two years in and I said, I have anxiety. He goes, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> everyone knows. You were the last to know. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it was oh like, gosh. you know, every, I was checking off every single box, no you know, way. and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> That's so crazy. So then it's been really healing for you, I it's would imagine. completely healing. And, you know, the thing that helps anxiety is knowledge, is data. And I love it. Yeah, right? That's how I am. Knowledge and data. Knowledge yeah. and data. And, and everybody that goes through these programs, there is a lot of personal growth. Yes. You know, a lot. I mean, when you start reading Abnormal Psychology and the DSM and everything, you're going like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's me. Yeah. Or that's that person in my family. And that's that person in my family. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's the why I'm this way, you right, know. And right, right. So it really I mean you just light bulb after light bulb mm-hmm. and, stuff, so. and you have to because you know I had a difficult childhood and I was like there's no way I can make it into this field how can I sit down and counsel a kid when I haven't gotten past my own stuff interesting you know who could how could I possibly be that person and that growth was in you know enormous the first you know the first kid who wanted to commit suicide you know knowing that I had had that same experience in middle school you did and had really you know so you know you have to move past that mm-hmm. you have to figure out like how can I how can I hold these two things yeah to be you know a support and not fall apart right and not and you know the first that first trigger right. you've got to like work past it and it's yeah. it is transference yeah and it's so but it's so healing right, right. you know knowing that oh this is why I experienced that. Right. There's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it right. becomes a source of strength mm-hmm. that you can give to them. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so instead of like, oh my God, me, me, 
yeah. you become like, no, I, I get it. I got it. Mm-hmm. I get, you don't have to say anything. Sometimes mm-hmm. a kid will just come in and I'm sure you have the same experience and there'll just be something about them and I'll just know. And then the re- then there's a reveal and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, oh, yeah, I could feel that. That's the instinct you draw on mm-hmm, from your mm-hmm. own personal experience, right? Yeah, Which mm-hmm. has got to be a big part of what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you um, have to be able to believe, you know, and, I, and I've worked... I know other therapists and psychologists who don't necessarily always believe the child. And I... Oh, I know. That drives me crazy. You know, oh, they have it. They should appreciate their... Yeah. I mean, really, it's like, mm-hmm. did you even, like, study this? Like, right? <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. No empathy. Yeah. yeah. No empathy yeah. for the child. You know, much more empathy for the parent, which I you need both. Yeah, but... You know, but... but you have to... You have to validate what the... I, I would have... I'm not an expert, but I would think you'd have to at least have the child feel validated and helped That's mm-hmm. right yeah. validation empathy hearing meeting the client where they're at right mm-hmm. you know believing them on a face value right yeah because that is their experience most people that come in and especially with kids their kids are not going to lie about this type of stuff now uh, assessing for severity that's a whole nother story right you know but um, right why and even psychosis they make it less or more when you're assessing um well are they do they have a means motive and a plan you know are they going to take their life today oh you mean you know you're so then you're, you're yeah assessing for right. suicide first of all believe them we we're talking about believing them the, yeah and for then suicide. you go into assessment and then so how scary you really do have to deal with that mm-hmm. that's so scary it's scary it's very scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And when, and, you know, I did my first 5150. That was my, you know, that, you know, that's the part I think when you are completely on your own. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, they bring in a team and you're, you know, you're, you're working with other people and you're, you're consulting all the way. But, you know, the first student that I had to hospitalize, you know, I cried. It was, took 13 hours. Oh my God. You know, and, um, and I cried all the way home. I was like, I can't, how am I going to, I can't even, how am I going to get up tomorrow? Right. You know, but you do. And you, you know, I mean, that's the thing you do because there's a, there's a purpose. Right. Someone will miss me. Right. If I don't, you know, I don't know, like, of course, as a mom, like they'd miss me, but you know, really dad can take him to school. It's fine. Yeah. 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 You know, but you feel like there's a purpose, you know, I got to show up. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I can't. I can't be lazy about it. Well, the difference is mom and dad have to be there, right. but you don't. So when you seek out that adult support that's there every time and they don't have to be, I think it makes a different impact mm-hmm. on the child. At yeah. least it did for me. I had a few adults in my life that n- were always there. That's awesome. And those adults made the most difference in my healing as an adult. Mm-hmm. More so even than my dad, because he was supposed to be there. I mean, that was his job. Yeah. My mom didn't show up because she had other things. She had, she had bigger problems, bigger fish to fry than mm-hmm. raising me. And as a kid, as an adult, I completely see that very clearly. As a child, you just go, that person's unreliable and untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. So right. where do I place my trust? Mm-hmm. And to have someone who's, because that one's not available, mm-hmm. is invaluable. Yeah. Invaluable. In- invaluable. Right. And, someone and that's who what doesn't save a, save, a, a, save a kid. It or will save, save, yes. save a person. Yep. Just those one or two positive role models and people that are stable and that you can trust 
trust and that you can go to in times of need. Um, that's what really provides that resiliency for that yeah. child. And so we're kind of, I mean, what is it, Tyler Perry? And I mean, all these amazing, crazy stories, you know, and these people had, you know, one or two role models that they could go to and mm-hmm. right. got them through. Now that's not always going to happen. You know, no, not everybody's going to have gonna a be success like story. You. Yeah. You know, like you're a huge success story, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, thank you. That's very sweet. I am a huge success yeah, story. Not to be braggy, mm-hmm. but yeah, but mm-hmm. I am. I fought really, really, really hard in my 20s to get well because mm-hmm. I was not well. I don't know that I was suicidal outright, but I would always think things like, if I just drive really fast and just cut the wheel really quick, oh. this would be over. Mm-hmm. This all would be over. And then I go, my luck, it won't be over and I'll be paralyzed. So just keep going straight. So never mind. That's what I always, that was my whole, my reasoning out of not doing that. rational mind mm-hmm. kicking in. Yeah, that's where I went, mm. yeah, that would be my luck. So just keep driving. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there rational eventually. sarcastic mm-hmm. mind kicking in. Yeah, way. something. I literally would think that. I, I, I remember thinking that for a good stretch in my, in my late teens, early 20s, thinking I, I just need this to be over. But not thinking like, and if I hang myself then, or mm. the only thing I would mm. ever think of would be the turning the wheel mm-hmm. wow. when I was driving That's too fast. Yeah. I was a very fast driver, so oh, I kept going like to speed. speed. Like yes, speed. I used to drag race. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> it was really them. fun. Really? For money, I'd bet. <gasps> Drag race. No. Wow. I didn't okay. win very I need much, to see but. pictures. Yeah. That I don't think I have any pictures. Amazing. It was always having at night. It was always at oh. night <gasps> on Hog Liver Road. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Hog Liver oh Road had one long stretch so you could drag race really okay, good on Hog Liver Road. That's a movie. That's oh, your crazy, next right? movie you're going to write. <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. So you're Me a thrill seeker. I just watched a Huel Hauser on I was track strip racing. Yeah. Oh, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of problems and mm-hmm. I I got myself into therapy when I was 24. Mm-hmm. No, 23. And uh, that caused even more problems because, you know, once you start uh, looking at your problems, especially if your problems are enmeshed with a parent who's not well, then that affects your relationship with that parent, which causes another host of problems. Right. So my problems were, I had two sets of problems. I had mine that were mine, and I had mine that were mine with my mom. Mm-hmm. So then that full rejection of your mom, from your mom, of like, you're dead, I don't want to see you again ever, that creates another host of problems. Oh, so there was a lot of, pro- I had a lot of problems. Yeah. And I'm probably sure you've done a lot of work and a lot, I've done of, a lot of work. Books I'm still in therapy. Stuff. There's some books uh, I'll have to look up that I maybe recommend if you haven't read on. I would love to. Yeah, any book. I think it's uh, Daughters of Mothers with Motherless Daughters per- Personality. No. Oh, no, I don't know that mm, one. Yeah, I think that's a new one. The one that most applied to her that I've read is called Trapped in the Mirror. Mm. Oh, um, interesting. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. Trapped in the Mirror is about narcissism. Okay. As a disorder, sort of, mm-hmm. and definitely that's her, that's her, that's her modus operandi. I read that book like mm. you did with anxiety and went, who was sneaking in the corner and writing books about my life? Right? Ooh. Who did that? Ooh. This is insane. <laughs> I could basically check off every single thing in this book and go, yep. I didn't know that anybody else on the planet existed like my mom. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Of I course, thought it was specific right. to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I read this book and was like holy shit mm. and she's never been diagnosed and gotten help oh narcissists think they're perfect well that's true yeah. I, I mean no, I also have a narcissistic wrong, no. m- mother diagnosed by my sister oh, oh. Wow. a number of years ago and wait she your was, mother 
Oh, girlfriend, we need a whole another podcast. <laughs> a whole other podcast. And um, a recent, and sh- my youngest sister, who will be a psychologist. I'm she's she's an artist right now oh. and designer, and I, I'm she will be a psychologist. It's yeah. just when you grow up with that, yeah, you have to make sense of it. Yes, you do. And and then my father is also mentally ill, so mm. you know the two of them together are quite a pair. And <laughs> are they still married? Oh yeah, it's just oh, the two wow. of them living in absolute insanity. Wow, just Dear. yeah. And so and then my sister just said no, yeah. I'm done. Like me after going through all these years of therapy and you know, and she was like, and I was like, maybe I can be done too, you know. And that's a yeah. but that's a very difficult. Yes, it is. That is a that difficult, difficult one. tie to mm. cut. It is very hard. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen my mom. The last time, she it was very cyclical with her mm. uh, stuff. Well, so when I was 13, I was dead to her. So I didn't see her for two years. She was 13. like, I was 13 that because so I've, at 13, I could choose who I wanted to live with it. And I chose my dad. And so she was like, then you're dead to me. Then you're dead to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then that healed, sort of. And then at 23... I was dead again. You're dead to me. Yeah. We had an argument because she asked me to lie about something and I wouldn't lie to her. And then she, it just exploded. And then I was dead again. I was dead that time for about seven, seven years, maybe till I was about 30. And you were on your own at that point? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, And then when I got pregnant with Georgia, we were in an argument that was made no sense to me at all. And I kept trying to reach out to her to tell her that, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm about to get married. And she wouldn't meet me halfway. And so I sent her this email saying, I just want you to know this because I've, I've sent you, I've, I've, I've texted you. I mean, I've uh, left you voice messages. I've tried everything and you're not calling me back. So I need to tell you this really important thing. Here it is. Yeah. And you won't let, give me an avenue to tell you any other way. And at that point, she was like, I'm, you're dead to me, dead, 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 dead. And then like that, she would say that. She would say, you're oh, dead Oh, yeah, to me? I have it in writing. All right. Like the last, she emailed me this, and mm-hmm. I printed it out so I would never forget mm-hmm. her damage that mm-hmm. she'd done. Because I'd been experiencing that since I was very small. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. But you forget, you you, you forgive, yeah, you right. you permiss, you mm-hmm. you do these things where you go, it wasn't as bad as I remember. Mm-hmm. Or you blame yourself. Or you, bl- I blame yeah. myself most of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I must have been a bad kid. I fully believed mm-hmm. I was a horrible human. I must have done something to provoke that. And totally. Then, and then you have, that's the imago part of it. You have children. Yeah. And they get to that age. Yeah. And you say, nope. Wait. They had me arrested when I was four. I have a four-year-old. Right. I would never have my four-year-old arrested. Right. This is crazy town. Yeah. Yeah, that happened to me a lot. When I had my kids, I went, my mother used to say to me, you just wait till you have kids and you will see what you've been putting me through. And you have kids and, and you I go, put, yeah, oh, this, this is, is kind of normal. Yeah. Lovely. What's wrong with this? This yeah. kind of rocks. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you, lady? Yeah. Screw you for saying that to me my whole life and right. making me feel oh like a God, piece of crap. Blaming you. All you have to do oh, is God. love them. Oh, that's it. Right. And guess that's what? That's it. If you do that. They love you back. back. Yeah. And if you don't, they lock themselves in their closet and refuse to come out because you are evil. That's what they do. They reject you because they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. They understand things. But I printed that email out so I would never Mm -hmm. forget. Right. And then that's when I went, oh, no, now actually I'm done. So you can keep saying you're done and keep coming Mm -hmm. back. But actually it's over. You will not do this Mm -hmm. to my children under any circumstances. And if Bert Kreischer had to deal with that, Mm -hmm. he would be a mess. And so I just went, no, actually, 
I'm saying I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the last time I've seen her twice. And you were pregnant but, with your first? Yes. Oh, She's wow. seen my children twice. Once at her dad's funeral. And once she, I was visiting her mother, who's still alive, and she kind of, she, wackadoo, had never met my kids, mm. ne- hadn't seen me in years, didn't come to my wedding, nothing. She walks in my grandmother's house and goes, hey guys, Nani's here. And I was like, what? what? Oh my God. <laughs> who, who let the Where? Looney Tune in? <laughs> Somebody from. let the open asylum door, lose the key? What the hell? And Bert said what was really interesting is that I fully shut down. I fully went completely inside. Mm-hmm. No voice, no personality. You will not see any of my person at all. I am invisible, mm-hmm. which is what it is a child, my oh. whole childhood. It sent me right back to childhood. Yeah. When we got in the truck to leave, Bert was like, I've never seen you like that ever. And wow. I went, yeah, that's what trauma does to you. Yeah. Is all of a sudden, you're right back where you are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that. And at the end of this long visit, she just wouldn't leave. She goes, so maybe I'll come out in California and see you. And Bert went, nope, you will not be coming to California <laughs> to see us. Good for him. Good Lady, for we'll him. never see you again. Yeah. yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And Can she you do was this like, to my wife, what? then no. And then yeah. she wrote this really nasty letter to me. <gasps> and I oh refused God. to read it. I gave it to Bert. And Bert went in the backyard and read it. He came back in the house and he, he literally said, fuck that bitch. She's not welcome in this house ever. Yeah. And I went, thank you. Yeah. I've been saying for years, yeah. you don't understand yeah. how right. crazy she is. This is this is a different level of crazy. That's validation. Yeah. That's validation. It was right. so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody my whole life had ever done that. Yeah. Because everybody goes, well, she can't be that bad. Right. You know? Right. It can't be that bad. Right. Oh God, just from the little bits you've told me. Yeah, that's like, pretty bad. Oh, that's <laughs> well, that's really not even bad. the worst. Some that's of it I want to say because if she heard it, she'd probably sue me. But uh, I'm surprised, you know, we, we studied things like this that, that you didn't have a split. Your brain didn't split or have multiple personalities right, or right. things like that. No, but I did have a very big drinking problem uh-huh. for when I was younger until mm-hmm. I got into therapy. Mm-hmm. And then I went because I knew my drinking was not about alcohol Mm -hmm. i knew it was about pain yeah and about not understanding how i was supposed to be in the world and numbing and numbing Mm -hmm. it was a it was medicating and Mm -hmm. it was really i remember i've said this before but i remember after after i was dead at 23 i remember consciously trying to separate myself like giving away everything she'd ever given me um wanting that cut and after that cut happening I remember being in D'Agostino grocery store in New York City crying because I didn't want to buy the butter that she made me buy my whole life. But then I didn't know what butter to buy. And I don't know what butter, what was about that butter, that that was the only butter I could have because she was macrobiotic. Mm. But then now what do I buy? Crying. Over butter. I don't know what butter to buy. Because what narcissists do, you know, is you have to live within their context Mm -hmm. and understanding of life. And if you go out of that, then you, it's life-threatening for them. Yeah. Basically. Mm -hmm. Or that's my understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so they can't tolerate anything other than their perspective or point of view. So Mm -hmm. created reality of what they created. it is very creative yeah. reality yeah. is one way to put it but anyway yeah. mm-hmm. i didn't mean to get into my story you, we no. should all come back and talk about <laughs> your high school experiences where i think oh no we don't need to go there you yeah. don't need to go there yeah. no i'm waiting to go to yours i can't believe you were suicidal in middle school in middle school yeah middle school do you yeah. was it about something specific or was it depression or oh it was a very very 
just a, an incredibly abusive home life. Yeah. You know, so uh, my bedroom was in the basement. Mm. So, and then, so there were three girls, there were three of us, and we are all very close. Um, and some of it I've forgotten, you know, so I would call my sisters and be like, did this happen? They'd say, it was worse, you know? Oh. And so, you know, so I got moved to the basement and I, for years, I just thought it was because I was a bad kid. I'm sure I was anxious. Right. You know, I'm an anxious mm-hmm. adult. I was probably an anxious child. Anxiety runs through the family. That's why my daughter has it, you know? Right. And I was probably a pain in the ass, you know, and, but I was like a super high achiever, you know, and then they would turn it up. They would say, why is that an A minus? You oh, bring Lord that up, you mercy. bring that up to an A or you'll be grounded in your room for two weeks. Oh my what? God. You bring, you bring that up to, you know, and it was, and Ooh. food was very um, controlled, mm-hmm. you know, so we would be hungry. We were teenagers. We'd be hungry after school and we'd eat sugar out of the sugar bowl or, you know, whatever. We were not poor, you know, we were completely middle class. And so anything that we did outside of that would be room for being grounded. You know, it wasn't like big things. Mm. And so my room was in the basement and there was literally a lock on the door. You know, so I will get triggered by, you know, kids being found in Riverside and, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it was very, and my sister will say she remembers bringing the chair over and unlocking the door. And and I just had, you know, so I think when I was, I couldn't handle anything. And I had no idea I would like break glass and cut myself. You I didn't would? know that was a thing mm-hmm. until years later. I was like, what's cutting? I'm like, it's when kids cut them and I was like I did that oh god you know it's like so you know it's instinctual nobody taught me to do that nobody see it on Instagram it's something primal it's something primal primal. and I just remember and I tried to slip my wrist and I just remember I just wanted it to stop Mm -hmm. I just wanted you know I don't think I didn't want to die I just wanted it to stop interesting I wanted somebody to help me yeah you're reaching out for help yeah yeah and so um one of the counselors called home and said, you know, and they didn't do anything. And my parents probably lied and they said they were going to get me in counseling. I remember my dad was upset. He was crying. And my mom said, you're a sinner. Oh, my God. Because, you know, Catholics don't if you take your own life. That's a sin. And they never got me into therapy. And I lied. And I said it was about grades. Mm. I was worried about my grades because mm. I couldn't, you know, my dad was upset. And, you know, and I continued to have, you know, I didn't actually get into therapy until I was I think I was 19 and I'd gone to school. I had an eating disorder from like 16 on and I was down to about 90 pounds and I checked myself into like a, like a, some, I found in the back of the village voice, they were like, oh, bulimic anorexic, you know, check yourself into the study at Columbia and, you know, basically lied my way through that and, you know, and then was threatened. You were either going to hospitalize you or you have to start seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. And this is the one you're going to go to. And so I went to go see this woman. And I was like, whatever. I'll just get her to sign off on my thing. And then I'm going to be on my way. And she was like, you need to come see me three times a week. Wow. She charged me $15 a week. No way. In the middle of Manhattan. I didn't have any money. You know, I was like waitressing. So she knew it was serious. She just wanted to see you three times a week. Thank yep. God. Yeah. And she saved my life. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, save my. So it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like everything I do now is payback right i'm paying somebody back who saved you know who's literally saved my life yeah wow. that's amazing wow. 
That is that's an amazing story. And you story. don't even know that you're I mean, I'm sure you're the same. You don't even know that you're a mess. You're just like Ugh. No, I knew I was a mess. <laughs> uh, there was a certain point where I knew I was a mess. I mean I, I knew I, I was knew a mess, it. but I just didn't want to change it at all. Mm-hmm. I was like It's too overwhelming. I yeah. think especially when you it sounds like your mom may have been very narcissistic too. Oh, extreme. Um yeah. but when you I had food restrictions too. I had my mother monitored my bowel movements. Like where if I didn't have a bowel movement, she'd put newspaper on the ground and make me squat and watch me have a bowel movement. No. Swear to God. Oh my God. It was awesome. Oh my God. Oh my (laughs) God. Oh, you poor thing. It was crazy. She was hardcore into transcendental meditation. And so she would make me meditate. I took 21 vitamins a day, every day because she believed that I needed that. And I had to drink like niacin. I don't know if you've ever drank niacin. But it makes you like flush. Yes. It makes your whole body go hot. Oh, nice too, child. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, she's so what, where was social? Like, both of these cases, I want to hear like where was social services and why were they Where was in? social when services? Saw a lock on your door in the basement? They right. never saw that. But you know, my dad took me to back to the, the, so I stole a candy bar from a grocery store when I was four because I didn't understand. My, I wanted a candy bar. My mom said no and I just mm-hmm. took it. Right. And I was eating in the back and of the car. Mm-hmm. And yeah, four. you're four. And four. And so when my dad came home, she said, you need to take her to the police station and so somehow they arranged they took me back to the grocery store and a police car was waiting this and was your dad's initiation saying you need to take her to the police station this is my mom and dad together so i'm not sure okay. who initiated my father was the but one your who parents took me. were saying this four-year-old needs to go to the police station yeah okay. and you're so, four and i was four That's and insane. so i remember i remember the look on the police officer's face when my dad said put her in the back of the car what and i was screaming I yeah, because you're four. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. And he said, sir, I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. And I was, I mean, to, it, it, I mean, I am like, st- I'm like sick to my stomach right now, even like thinking about it. But I remember the look on his face, but it was the 70s, you know? No, that's now, no excuse. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, DCSF would have had a huge oh, case open. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that would have perked the the uh, you know officers' ears and instinctions, and then okay, let's just have social services do a wellness check. Right. You know that's what they do now. They can right. do a wellness check. But there yeah. re- really wasn't, or the the you know <clears throat> the counselor who called home would have followed up and did yeah. did you get this child oh. counseling and mm-hmm. did you you know. Right. No checks and balances in place at the time, probably. Nothing. No, right. and I just think people weren't trained. Right. You know, yeah. they just, yeah. right. you know, spare the rods, spoil the child. I mm-hmm. mean, everybody knew. Mm-hmm. I remember kids talking. I remember getting grounded because kids in front of my parents were talking about how awful my parents were. Oh. <laughs> and I got grounded. And then you got grounded because oh, you were the person that, that ratted them out. Oh. So it was all your fault. Boy, I fault. think your mother and my mother oh, are related. They, they are I think related. they are soul yeah. sisters. And yeah. well, one thing I do have to say for the whole healing process, and this was, you know, I was never, I was kind of dead to them when I went away to school. And then it was, you know, they've been kind of a little bit in my life, not very much. But I gave the speech when I graduated. And so I finally kind of outed some of these experiences that I had had because I felt like I had not grown past it, but I had grown to a place where I could admit to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so mm-hmm. shameful. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. so much shame. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I did. And my aunt was crying. She didn't know and she didn't know a lot of the things. And I start out my speech by saying, you know, the way I got into starting this was I said, I have to do something about this scar. You know, what do I do about this scar? 
you know, and so that's how I start my speech. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about, you know, how then when you help somebody, you know, with a, with a similar problem, you become, you know, it becomes purposeful. It becomes meaningful. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, all this suffering is, there's a light, Mm -hmm. you know, and talking about Rumi and, you know, so Mm -hmm. my, my aunt recorded it and she was crying and she sent it to my parents and they were done. It was done. Oh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I was I'm done. sorry. Because I had, I had finally, you, you know, at 48 years old, admitted that this had happened. Right. You know. Publicly. Publicly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And not, you know, I just said, you know, I had a difficult childhood. I didn't go into, you know. The details. No. Yeah. Because what a freak. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, true. Yeah. What a freak. Like, my sisters and I talk about it. Like, you know, when you have parties, you're like, oh, my parents are awful. Oh, they're so awful. They had me arrested when I was four. And people were like. What? Right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. We what? Babysitter. Go. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of crazy, but it. You know, yeah. I think I've said this before on my podcast. The the pain like carves a groove that you can fill with happiness. Yes, mm-hmm. you can. You can't. It doesn't just fill itself. Yes. You have to work at it. Mm-hmm. You have to work. But at it. I feel like I appreciate my kids and my marriage and my friendships and women so much more than some people do because Mm -hmm. of my background Mm -hmm. that it's a gift in all that Mm -hmm. was a big gift to me if I chose to walk the path to pick the gift up you know Mm -hmm. it was not an easy path to walk it was Mm -hmm. really really hard and very lonely sometimes and confusing and scary just like what you were talking about when you started your new path with your career Mm -hmm. is sometimes it's but you have what choice do you have you have to do that, yeah. I think. We just stay stuck. See, you bored. would getting a degree for you, and and or you know, if you ever wanted to change careers, it's like nothing. Once you've been through that, yeah. This is just some studying. Yeah, I guess taking so. some tests. Two, the two years goes pretty fast. It goes you know, really for me. fast. I mean, yeah, and it, when you're in it, it's a little long. But then yeah. when you're done, you're like, oh my god, that was only two years, and it's fast. Well, and they say that, and you're like, bad. Ah, and then it's bad. done, right? So yeah. You could do it. Any advice for anybody listening that's considering a new career? I mean, you've kind of already given it, but anything mm-hmm. else? Um, I think well, ask around, talk to people, interview people like mm-hmm. what you did. Um, I think it's really, really helpful. Inter- people, interview people in the profession that you're looking at. Um, ask the hard questions. Mm-hmm. Ask what you like, what you don't like about it. Um, money, you can how much you them. can make. Yeah, that would be ideal. You know, can you visit them? At, what does their work like lo- oh, life look idea. like? You know, mm-hmm. so you can like put yourself in that. Could I do this? Yeah. Right. Do you see my? Do I see myself in this position? Yeah, that'd be good. Shadow like the first them. thing we have to do is take the C best, mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> and I was gonna go towards the education. And so when I finished the CBEST, my girlfriend said, oh, you can student teach or you can be a substitute. And I thought, that sounds horrible. Right. I am not going to go into education. Like I immediately put myself there and it was like, no, this is not what I want to do at all. And I almost got a degree in that. What the heck? Right. Right? Hard pass. Your spreadsheet sounded like a really good thing to do to go, okay, this is what it's going to cost. And this is what, these are the benefits long term. And, and this is what you're what you're looking at. Your, yeah, yeah, insurance, health benefits, and retirement benefits. You might get retirement benefits. I mean, well, you will. Oh, we've got great. Yes. <laughs> very, very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> Something you didn't, I didn't have. You know, mm-hmm. the pay and the pay gets better and better. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, also just do it. Mm-hmm. Just, just do, do it. it. 
Yeah. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 45. How can I do I was like, yeah, but next year I'll be 46. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be 47. I'm, <laughs> I was 49 when I started and I'm meeting with a woman, a colleague uh, who's lovely, who was also in the design world. Oh my God. Like, she was, how it, crazy. <laughs> right. And she's really high up like executive in Chicago. She's amazing. Georgie. Hello, Georgie. <laughs> and um, she's now in her 60s and still interning, getting her intern hours. Amazing. Good for her. Yeah. So I mean, That's look so cool. at that. Yeah. And she moved yeah. out here to California. She has two grown children out here. So um, she's near them and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, she's my inspiration. She can do it. I can keep going. I can do this. That's awesome. And I'm meeting her for coffee tomorrow about a possible job opportunity. That's awesome. So how much longer do you have of your intern hours? Um, 800, which actually seems like a lot, you know. But you had the doldrums. Thank you so much for your words of encouragement. Oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. You're almost there. It's kind of like in the doldrums right Mm -hmm. now. Okay, a little more, a little more. Yeah, you're super and close. Then, yeah, and then uh, my new therapist that I'm seeing, who I love, um, she's like, oh, I got so many job offers I can give you, you know, once you get licensed and stuff, that right. you can start making better pay and stuff. Because as an intern, you, there's just not a lot of opportunities for well-paying jobs, right. you know, there's there's opportunities, but a lot of them are pretty low yeah. paying, so. Well. Hanging in there. I'm very impressed. Hmm. Very impressed. Oh, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you very well, Ellen, but I'm very proud of you. This is both of you, right. Vita. Yeah. So proud of you for making Aww. that decision. Aww. So brave. Hmm. So many people aren't that brave. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's my podcast is so far no income, but a lot of fulfillment. <laughs> and it was really brave because it I was like, really I don't know what I'm doing. Brave. I've never done this before. It. I have no idea. Absolutely. Yeah. It's cool. It makes you feel, it does so much for yourself to seem mm-hmm. to do a brave act, yeah. to Absolutely. make a brave choice. Absolutely. So right. if, if anybody listening is trying to decide if they want you don't even have to be in your 40s. Mm-mm. You can be three years into teaching school and go, you know what? I had this great friend that was a news producer for CNN. And uh, she had was doing great, like really climbing up the ranks and became producer of like evening news or something. I, I probably screwed that up, but of some big news thing for CNN. And she wasn't happy. And she said to herself, I want to teach second grade. That's what I want to do. That's awesome. So she went back and got her teaching certificate and is still teaching second grade and is so happy and she's like i just i you know i did what i thought i wanted to do until i was doing it and Mm -hmm. then i thought i don't really want to do this i want to teach second grade now i'm so happy Mm -hmm. no regrets it's hard to make that bold decision and some people don't have the means to make Mm -hmm. that decision but i think i think where there's a will there's a way you know i worked through college and i had uh, student loans and i had a Pell Grant and you know my dad bought my books and I just piecemealed it together mm-hmm. and if you really want to you can you can do it it may mm-hmm. not happen in four years right. it may take you five right. that's okay that's but that's okay, okay. Yeah, yeah if you have a priority and you want to get it done and then you commit to it you know it, it can be done it can be it done can anything done. can be done right. yeah even right. healing from a bad childhood mm-hmm. even he- well and sometimes that will help you heal <laughs> definitely gives you some uh, grit yeah, it gives you some grit and gives you some perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah, much for talking to me about mm-hmm. this. Thank you very much for giving me some of your Saturday. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>